Chocolate Talk is now on Patreon. Woohoo! If you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Vampire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no, sure. We can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. All right. Hey, 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 clitorati. So I'm going to tell you a story. I had this friend who was dating a really hot woman who was certifiably psycho. And I asked him why he made this cuckoo his steady girlfriend. Why not just be a single guy in a sane world? And he told me straight up he really needed sex and making her his girlfriend made hot sex a sure thing. He was willing to deal with her cyber stalking, her secretly convincing her girlfriends to hit him as a test, and other shenanigans in order to bone on the reg. So I thought this was crazy at the time, but you know what? This behavior is backed up by evolutionary psychologists in Sex at Dawn who break down a man's sexual methodology as men offer goods and services such as food, shelter, protection, and status— in exchange for exclusive, relatively consistent sexual access. Rather than bat around the idea of whether this is standard amongst a wide swath of men just among us clits, we decided to bring in some D, some more dick, into the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's dudes, you know. So that's dick. We, we brought some dicks in here. So thank you. Thank you, Billy from Man Whore Podcast, for being here from New York. Our husbands, our John Shelton, our our gay, gay representative, <laughs> Rolando, and last but not least, Malachi. Let's get real, Cox. Do you align with these scientists' theories that your providers, just so you can get it on the regular with having to hunt down new pussy every time? What are your thoughts? Or dick. Thank you, thank you so much. I mean, I've never been a fan of use of of think of sex as like a resource, and I I I do remember now it's coming back to me. One of my small hangups with this book was how gendered it was. Now it makes sense because he's talking about it in like a past tense, so it was like a lot. It was a bit simpler back then, but I mean, I don't fit into most of the mold of a quote-unquote man and a lot of stuff like they talk about men in here i'm like oh i seem to identify way more with the ladies in this book so i i I was never a fan of just that concept or or as like sex as this goal or this mission um because a lot of the dudes who like ask me like billy how do you get laid so much i'm like i don't try to get laid uh i i'm not you know i'm just trying to go out and have a fun time yeah i think um i i would say that certainly the 
I, I think that that's true. At least at a like subtle psycholo- sub, you know, psych- psychological level, everybody is just trying to make themselves the best, the richest, the smartest, whatever, just to get laid. But I think that that happens really like subconsciously. I don't think that happens like in a conscious way. I think also, as I was actually asking some people some questions and including myself, like before is um, a lot of people I think are having their ego is having sex. So they're seeking approval or for having sex. Um, And I think oftentimes people are um, like for me, I know that one of the best times for me to have sex is when I'm stressed. It's like because of the dopamine release, it feels so good because it relaxes me. but when it comes down to like soulfully connecting, mm, I mean, I think that that is it's sometimes a new conversation. All right. So this is Malachi. Uh, I think I always related to women as like partners, but the more I see that they don't actually always want to be my partner, I'm seeing that the partnership is I need someone to be intimate with. And they need someone to provide something. I, I have to be honest with it. Um, I don't want it to be that way, but um, I was in monogamous relationships for so long because I'd be horny. <laughs> I end up talking to some girl that maybe I shouldn't be, but I, you know, catch that low hanging fruit, and now I'm in a relationship. And uh, <laughs> so I, I would definitely say that, yeah, the consistent sex is definitely what brought me back to being in a relationship. I would also say, like, that the question is phrased to make it sound like it's a transactional thing. Like the guy's saying, like, I will provide you with food and shelter if you provide me with sex. I don't think it's that way. Right. But I, I do, I mean, women, I remember in high school, there was this girl who was like, I thought was super hot. And like, she was dating this ugly dude. And I said, what's, what do you see in him? He was kind of a dick too. I was like, what's, what's the deal with that? And she's like, well, he's got a nice car. (laughs) And it's like, it's not necessarily transactional in the sense that like, she's trading the nice car for sex, but it is certainly there. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. For both men and women. I just think that if you're, if the reason is just consistent sex, I just think that's such like a basic reason to stay in something. And I think your priorities are just a bit out of whack. Like you can get consistent sex from a sex worker if you so choose, you know, like that's not a reason to, it's also not fair to the other person. If that's the main reason you're into it, that might not be the main reason she's into it or he's into it. And you know, that that's pretty shitty if you're leading someone along in an emotional commitment uh, where really you're just in it for, you know, to get your dick wet. Yeah. I think that oftentimes um, it, you're, we're just programmed that way. And I think that it comes down culturally. And until you wake up and get clear on what you really want, sometimes people are just going through the motions. Yeah, I've never, like, chose it. Like, it just would happen because I would be in a situation like that. But where are these sex workers that you're talking about? Like, <laughs> Everywhere! <laughs> no, like, but that's not really an option. I think uh, I read something where this person— No, I actually saw a joke this guy said where he said, we went to class and had sex ed, and they didn't teach us the one thing we wanted to know, and that's how to get sex. So I think sometimes when we find a pattern that works, that's what happened with me. I'm no longer in that pattern, but, yeah, I was exchanging— yeah. Are are we buttoned up against our different needs though? Because what did um Seinfeld said? Women are men are like fire. No, women men are like firemen. 
they they're they're ready to go at an uh, any emergency like they're ready to go right oh, away and then awesome. women women are like fire we have to have the right conditions right we have to have some sense of security some sense of intimacy to have consistent sex with you we need like some connection some sense of safety so have you met sugar men are no, no this is in general this is not all women right now let's no, be that makes very sense. very clear let's just be on a biological level right now we you all know you dudes all know if you've been with a woman she is looking for a little bit of security right uh, no, no, I, I categorically disagree. No, in terms disagree. of safe, like you're, you're I, you may, feel, maybe I want to feel, feel safe. safe. <laughs> like this person, listen, we got a pussy, and then we got to open that pussy up to somebody. That's a really fucking vulnerable fucking thing to do. So you have to make sure that person is going to be safe with that pussy. So if you want consistent sex, a man has to give a little bit of their heart. So that's why it's important for men to be up front, right from the get-go, no strings attached. Could so that woman gets to make more. a choice. Oh <laughs> the woman gets to make a choice whether she wants to have consistent sex with you. I think that's where the gender harmony gets in trouble because we're not having the communication. Okay, Billy, you go. John, you're next. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we'll ignore the heteronormative part of all that shit. It's just, uh, it's... No, the, yeah, I understand. Like, it makes what you said sounds like it makes sense in the same way that, like, the sex ed teacher in Kentucky who uh, has the girl, has all the guys put, like, the same piece of tape on their arms and shows, hey, this is your vagina. Like, you think, like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. But, like, it doesn't when you break it down. It's, like, who said that uh, this, ch- yeah, I know you said not all. But then when you, if you say not all women, not all men, and then you say but men or but women, it's like you just negated the the, the first thing you said. Uh, not all women What's your feel point, that man? way about that. Also, open up my asshole. Uh-huh. It can be a vulnerable fucking thing. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of reasons. I, I do not think men just have to uh, give their heart. I, I fucking started a whole show just because women would fuck me, but they wouldn't date me. And I did not feel emotionally safe. And I wanted to, I wanted love and I wanted dating and I wanted romance, but all the women just wanted to use me for sex. So when I hear you say that, it's like, oh yeah, like, dude, you want to be ready to fuck all the time? No. Like, I don't. I The amount of times I've had women literally raise their voice yelling at me in bed in a sexual scenario because I didn't want to transition from the fun we were having, say, oral, hand stuff, whatever, to PIV. Like, I've been yelled at by women because I didn't want to fuck them. They're like, but then why aren't you here? What kind of man are you? So just everything you just said was so gendered and ah, I want to rip my hair out. Yeah, and as a, uh, just to build on that, is well, you are an anonymous. I, I don't think anomaly. so. I think a lot more men feel this way, but we're not years. allowed I've to feel this way. Because hey, let me tell you, know, you how like, many men I fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't catch that. Sorry. I'm just uh, messing with you. Yeah, yeah I'm just she saying just, it's like I am not an anomaly. I get emails from dudes who feel just this way, but society has conditioned us to think this way. Look, that's why Seinfeld is in the 90s, okay? It's a 90s way of thinking. Uh, we, it's 2019. It's a bit more evolved. Like, guys should not only want to... The, the people who think that guys need to be ready to fuck all the time, the same people who think women are, you know, trading sex like a commodity and that women don't really want to have sex. They want the love and emotion. Emotions. Fuck that. I have plenty of female friends. I didn't say who love just and emotions, sex. though. I didn't say love. I said safety, right? No, Security. but then you said you have to give you a little bit of your heart. No, you don't. 
I got women who are like, Billy, I need less of your heart. Um, <laughs> and I, and I get this, I get this info from women, from men, a lot of people. I really, we're coming to a place where these gendered expectations need to end. It really is case by case basis. I, I would totally agree. I find myself now in a place where I'm looking for connection first and to have conversations because there's so many people that want to have sex and they are, like, many men are like, you know, fire, fire. And I'm like, no, well, let's have a conversation first because until I groove with that person and get their energy and really can connect, that will determine if I want to have sex with them because it's much more than, you know, let's say an interaction on social media. So, um, I just I agree with you. I think that we're putting men in a box that way, and I believe many men these days want to have more connections than, um, and sometimes we're not always comfortable knowing how to express it and what it looks like. And it's and it's damaging. It's it. This is the stuff that breeds so much toxic masculinity when we have this expectations of dudes the fuck all the time and when we're teaching these men that oh well women are safeguarding the pussy and you have to figure out your way to get to it all and it, it's not fair to the women who do maybe just want to fuck around and don't need any emotions attached to it none of that is fair to anybody when we are when we are teaching any of this outdated antiquated way of thinking so I, I want to just get a, a pulse of the room right now. We're talking about paternity. How many of the men in here, besides Ethan, because we know you're interested, are are interested and really want to have children? And I want to know what your thoughts are on that. I do. It's Austin. I, this is Malachi. I, I want kids. You want kids? Yeah, not now, though. Um, with the right person, I, I've never been... I think when I was younger, I did. I did want. I was always the one that would, when I was a kid, take care of my sister. And it's like everybody thought I was going to be the first one to have a family. But uh, no, right now I'm happy with. Right now I'm happy with dating and and uh, sort of just seeing seeing what happens. If it's if it feels right, then yeah, I'm not a no to it. I'm I'm John. I'm definitely a no to it. But I will tell you that when I was you know being in my 40s, um, I grew up in a time for me where it wasn't. Um, I didn't have it in my own head as an option. It's something that I always thought that I didn't want to have. And to be clear, I don't want to have kids. I enjoy other people's kids. I had to be clear on that uh, myself, though, if that makes sense. Uh, I said yes. I, I don't know. There is something in me that wants to have kids. Um, do I want to have them right the second? No. Um, but I have this instinctive desire to have children, yeah. And then how much how much of that decision do you think was like society's programming of you like for John like yes. that you can't or for you guys like you should and how much of it do you think is like was really your choice or a biological need to like have your legacy happen or like what are your thoughts on that like it, do you think that had any part of your decision making to have kids or not hmm, That's a good question um probably a little of both um I can see I mean I was raised uh, I was raised with two sisters, um, and it's kind of been in my family. Everybody has kids. My dad has a lot of brothers and sisters. I have a lot of cousins. Um, and I, I see, I have a desire to to raise somebody, teach somebody, pass on what I've experienced. Um, and there's, I, I see, I see in fathers uh, a growth that happens in them. Um, as opposed to somebody who doesn't have a child. And that's something that is desirable to me is to go through that process. So 
Um, so for me, um, yes, definitely half and half. Um, but being in a society now where, you know, in the LGBT community, many, um, couples are, you know, having kids, including like some, um, my cousin and his partner have kids. Um, I'll say that I had to look, um, closer and with that, I'll say I had to look closer and for me, um, get clear on what I wanted and, um, the commitment of being a father is something that I um, am not committed to. It's not that I don't want to empower others. Um, it's just not something I choose to do and to want to do. Now, that could change um, depending upon who I meet and am in a relationship with. But my gut says no, and that's something that I choose. But I did, I will tell you that society, the role of, that society played um, affected my choices um, or at least thoughts and story before I got clear and chose. So I'm not a man, but I am a millennial in the room. May I speak on this? Sure. Um, so a lot of people my age, I'm 25. There's a lot of like young people around my age now that are like not even declaring a specific gender or, you know, like not even thinking about having kids. And it's like a really different time, I think, in our culture. And even though, you know, I like to keep it real slutty, I did get married at 23. Um, and my cohorts are, are, you know, dating and they're out and they're just living their lives, not even thinking about getting in a serious relationship and not even thinking about kids yet. Like it's not even in a lot of my conversations with my young friends, um, only with my friends who are about 28 and over. So I'm kind of with these two worlds. It's really interesting to hear. And I'm smack in the middle where... Um, I have felt like I'm a guy in a woman's body, uh, for, for a while. Um, I'm a girl, you know, I go by that female gender, but I don't have a lot of inclinations that, um, the umbrella that society puts on like male and female and, and, um, having kids and not wanting kids. I'm going to just acknowledge that. Breeding. Yeah. And, and just say for, for, for me, I don't necessarily resonate with, um, the, like old school female mentality of like, I need to have kids. I want to be a mom. Like, I don't feel that. I don't feel like, and there have been times in my life, people are like, oh, you'll want to one day. Um, I know my husband wants to have kids. And if I feel at a time that I don't want to, I will communicate that with him. And that will just be something we have to work out at the time. Can I just point something out though? I've noticed that when you, when you are present to love, like real love, you seem to want children. I don't know if you notice that. And, and uh, if I can just point it, like, I, I think that, um, you know, obviously my wife's seven months pregnant right now. So you want kids. I do, <laughs> but I also think that like, there's a part of me that in order to like prepare myself to have kids, it was like looking at long-term instead of short-term happiness. You know what I mean? And like, looking at being 60 years old and retired and wanting to have kids and grandkids and that whole thing as part of my family unit and not looking at, I want to go party tonight. Because in the short term, it does not sound as fun. (laughs) And then now, obviously, seven months in, it's very exciting. We're like really excited for all the things that I was very scared of before we got pregnant. But initially, those things were the thing preventing us from having this conversation, let alone having a kid. So um, that's my two cents about that. Yeah. 
Well, and what I love about that, Ethan, is that, and like you said, um, Austin, is that you're choosing to have children, not just to create a legacy or to spread your seed further in the world, but that you're consciously choosing to raise another human for the impact that human could make not only on the world and for you. And so as a, as a man who is choosing not to have children as of now, I can also see the beauty of a paternal relationship. Um, and that's not the daddy kind, you know, that, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it landed like daddy. a red balloon. I know that different guys. Kind of, different kind of daddy. <laughs> I'm fully aware of it. I'll recover. Um, but no, I can truly see the beauty in that, Ethan. And you know what? Um, as your friend, seeing you guys, your friends, and seeing you grow in this, I think is really exciting. But I think that there is that intention that you put with it and um, in creating. There's definitely a whole ton of joy to be have raising kids as I've done. So for two, (laughs) two that are grown now. And at the same time, I tell women all the time and men really that we're not here to procreate. We're here to be happy. And that whether you have kids or not, doesn't determine. Tell that to my father. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think, you know, having kids or not having kids, that's not always something we can control anyway. So if we can't control it, then let's not have too much expectation on it. But what we can control is what kind of relationships we want to have. And if you want to be a father, you don't actually have to procreate. There's plenty of young men out there that need, you know, help and assistance, right? You would be a daddy. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. I recently ended a relationship because of this. So my ex-boyfriend has three children, and I was basically their stepmother for three years and grew really close to them, and our agreement was always to have children. And then in the last few months, he just changed his mind about it. And so I chose to leave the relationship. And you're right, like, I could be infertile. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I definitely want the— Like, it was—being a mother was worth it to me enough to, like, leave the relationship and see what's possible out there with someone else. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Cause, and I love my stepkids so much, and it's not the same. Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I think um, I'm also in the camp of just like, I know I, the option would like to be there. I don't think about having kids simply, one, because it's hard to get a woman to stick around me for more than a little bit of time anyway. So that's the first hurdle. But I also like from when I was 19, I started this path. And I think by the time I graduated college, I was like, oh, this is the path I want to be on of like being this professional poor person where I'm like, 
yeah, in entertainment, you never know what's going to work, not work there. And uh, so I don't think about having kids. I don't have a position either way because I don't even think about it. Because I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out how to support myself properly like i'm really pushing that patreon hard you know uh it's like yeah you know my next uh, my next goal 20 grand a month and i'll have a kid i don't know maybe that's what it will be uh but you know i also have the 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 privilege of being a dude so like i get a lot more time to think about it but you know i'm, I'm not in that camp of oh i definitely don't want a kid i'm just like if i had a kid i'd i'd want to be able to provide for it properly but i don't want to sacrifice my dreams for that you know um, I actually have a good friend of mine who's a man and he's 40 and I didn't even know men can do this, but he did just freeze his sperm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, but, but I, I haven't heard of many men choosing to do that. And it was really interesting because he really does want to have kids. He's gay as well. And he's single and he's like, I just don't know when I'm going to find someone. So I want to freeze my sperm. Um, so one of the other things that they talk about in sex at dawn is, um, uh, like communal living, right? And the the whole new age community living trend, we're like we're curious where that could lead. Like shared land, shared food sources, shared partners. What do you guys think about the possibility of shared paternity? Like they used to have in tribal times, right? Like no one knew whose kid was whose. Do you guys? What do you think about shared paternity with somebody? Love it, hate it. What what would you do? We share in financial responsibility. Then sure, I'm very poor. Well, this is Malachi. I'm from like a lower income area, so it kind of already is like that. <laughs> like my dad, uh, he was the scoutmaster of the troop, and all the women would just bring their sons mm. to Boy Scouts, and my dad would be like their dad. Mm. You know, mm. so I think it does take a village to raise a, a child. So I think maybe the future yeah. is sharing. Yeah, and I would actually like just point out that we have had so many of our friends like just an outpouring of gifts and of like people giving us their old baby stuff. And like, I mean, we're not doing this by ourselves, even though it can feel like that at times, but we really like are not doing it by ourselves. So yeah, it, our kid's going to be taken care of by, by everybody who loves it. So, yeah. I, I love the idea of shared paternity. Cause I, I mean, if you look at the book, rich dad, poor dad, you had two dads, and you had one that had a little more effective example than the other. Um, and I think there's, there's like, if you had two fathers and two mothers, you could have two examples of what a man would be and two examples of a woman would be. Um, so I, I think that would be great. Would you? So let me ask you guys this. Let's take it to the next level. If it was kind of like a, you didn't know whose kid it was, and you weren't sure if it was your kid or not, would you take that kid on like it was your kid? It was like, you just never knew, right? And this is coming from, in the book, it talks about everyone, they would share sexual partners. So you really wouldn't know who impregnated the woman because she had had sex with multiple people, multiple men in the tribe, all gathering um, specific attributes from each man, like the strongest man, the funniest man, like... So that's that's where the just to give you guys some context around this question. So are you asking if is it around choice? No, it's like so let's let's say you truly were in like a modern tribal community and there's like, you know, a bunch of kids. You don't know if it's your kid or not. 
Are you going to take that kid on like you would take on a kid you knew as your biological child? I actually don't know. I mean, I think what? that's, isn't that the whole concept of adoption? Like it happens all over the place. Like, well, it would be like, take... okay, if I, if I knew the kid wasn't mine, but you're saying I don't know. Well, so I'm, am I'm I gonna... saying it's like a true shared paternity right. situation where neither guy knows, I don't know whose biological children this child this is. I mean, yeah, like if that's actually the par- like the paradigm we're working in, sure, because we would have also been raised to think that's what's normal and that's fine and, and all that jazz. So like I'd be on board with that because it also sounds fair because like we're all on board with this expectation. Um, obviously, that's not the like case we live in these days. Uh, I, I don't know if I would be as down. I think it's it just really depends on the situation. Again, like I'm still not even thinking about being around a kid, uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting question. I think I think in that in that context, it would be easy to take responsibility, and in choosing that responsibility, I would say yes. Then, and mm-hmm. also, you're not taking on the kid on your own. It's like in today's world, if the kid's not yours and you'd raise it on your own, that's really lame. But like, if you're sharing that responsibility, you know, the kid starts being a dick. The next person can handle him for a little bit. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. So. Well, if there was an opportunity for you guys within our modern culture to move, let's say there was like, I don't know, some sort of like, you know, acreage where there was this sort of tribal situation. People are actually doing this. They're buying land in other parts of the country and building multiple homes on one piece of land, sharing like a water source, sharing Mm -hmm. sharing the kitchen, sharing like growing their own crops, sharing each other sexually. And like this is— not so yeah if we're not talking about ancient times like we're talking about modern times but you had an opportunity to live like that i want to know who would choose to live like that there was a there was a science fiction writer named robert heinlein who a lot of his stuff was really interesting um and he most of his books were talking he was kind of a futurist and he would write these science fiction books because no one would buy a futurist book so he just wrote a fictional novel to like talk about what he thought the future would be like. And he talks about a line family, which is a bunch of men and women marrying. They have kids. They take care of the kids together. They have sex with each other. It's not like one age range necessarily. Some older people, some younger people. Like, And it's like kind of this giant, weird, hodgepodge family thing. And it, you know, it seems interesting for sure. I mean, the idea that we're going to have one man and one woman is seeming to be kind of an antiquated idea as marriage. And certainly that concept is an interesting yeah. one. Would, I, Would you choose it? No. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about the book, what I learned that was exciting for me, is that they said that most female mammals will express themselves and be ready for sex only when they're ovulating and they would show it in a physical form so that the male would know she's ovulating Mm -hmm. and that a lot of mammals also don't have sex unless they're ovulating. Mm -hmm. So for us, we decided to hide when we're ovulating. So the opposite sex doesn't know when we're ovulating. So if you really think about it on a biological level, why did, why as women, are we not expressing our ovulation? And part of it is because we don't maybe want men to know who the child is, right? Whose child it is. Because in the old times, this is what the book says, when there's a new male figure, right? And he sees that the other kids aren't his, he would kill them. 
So the women learn to evolve physically to hide the ovulation so when there's a new male king, their kids would be protected. So that's a really interesting, like, biological insight to me on what we, why we do what we do. I thought it was just because, like, a bunch of old dudes thousands of years ago were grossed out by, you know, pussy blood. And we're like, okay, we're going to ban it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's gross. Ah, put it in the Bible. <laughs> no, I, I do think that the future of everything is sharing. I didn't think we'd do Lyft mm-hmm. and Uber, but like, you know, that makes so much more sense. They, they swung us so far in one direction of like, we're going to live in this house where every we're by ourselves and it's empty and everyone has one of everything yeah. that, and now we can't afford it. So um, we're just going to share everything. That's what I think. I like that. There's going to be an app for kids soon. Yeah. And have for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Uber absolutely. Uber for kids. <laughs> hey, you want to rent my shitty kid for a weekend? <laughs> and they'd be happy to. I mean, they we got big brothers, world. big sisters, right? That's kind of that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, I think that we're oh, I'm open to it. It is just it's like a crawl, walk, run thing. It's like we're not there yet. I think, especially being an individ- individualistic um, culture. Versus the collectivistic culture, we'll take a little bit longer to get there, but I think that we are continuing to make progress. And for me personally, even though I've said I wouldn't want kids, I think there'd be something really magical. I would say no to Ethan because I'd want to experience what it's like to have a family, a unit, and like the Sheltons. And, you know, JB Shelton 3. So, yeah, there is just that experience that I would, would want, and that's based on how I was raised culturally. Well, that is also assuming that a family looks a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you Yes, true, absolutely. That the Sheltons couldn't be, you know, four dudes and two kids or something like that. <laughs> the Sheltons. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> Sugar Shelton. Yes. Like, can I be a Shelton? Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> well it's, you are a Shelton. It's funny you say the Sheltons because that's another one of the things that they talk about in the book. Like, what do you guys think about you know, is it really important to you getting married that the woman or that your partner were to take your last name, especially for you, John, right? Like it would be like, is it important? You just said like the Sheltons, is it important for you for your partner to take your name and your kids? And what do you think about a woman or your partner like keeping their maiden name? Like, What's how the name? That <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is the That's best true. fucking question ever. Because let me just like my, uh, uh, can I say your last name on here? Maybe I shouldn't actually because I don't want to say mine. But I love my last name. Like, I would use my last name as my first name. And honestly, if we don't take my last name, I'm going to probably call my kid by their first name by my last name. And uh, I like my last name better. It's not that I don't want to because I'm a feminist and I shouldn't have to take a man's name. Or, oh, I should so I don't make my husband look weak. Fuck that shit. Who has the better last name? Yeah. All right, we know how Sugar feels. How do the guys feel? <laughs> Interestingly enough, I'm the third. So, and I'm like the last male and the last Shelton that is procreating. So it's interesting. It's an interesting question because as I ever would think about having kids, it, when I was very young, it'd be like, well, I have another, the fourth, of course. And um, as I think about that question, I think it goes back down to, I mean, communication and I think I'm open to it. I think it's it's a choice. And I see a lot of um, same-sex couples have to make that choice. And it's a lot um, it's a lot different than it is in a hetero yeah. As someone who's taken on somebody's name for 25 years and built a career, and now I'm not 
with that person anymore. I sure wish I could go back to a different name, but all my career information is based on that name. So it's kind of important, you know, to really make that decision and think about long term when you do make that decision. Well, since we have Austin in the room, Austin, how do you feel about what Sugar just said? Um, this is funny. I, I actually went through this in a previous marriage. I was married before and it was a, it was different for me back then. Back then, she wanted to, she actually wanted to keep her name. And I remember the time I was like, God, I felt like my nuts are being cut off right now. Cause it was more like, fuck the man. I want to keep my name. I shouldn't have to change my name. And there was no real conversation around it. That relationship didn't last very long. Um, and she actually did take my name. Um, I, I understand what Sugar's saying. Um, and for me, I, Right now, she still has her last name. And honestly, it doesn't make a difference to me right now. However, when we bring kids into it, I would want the same name. Um, and I, th- I don't know why. I don't know, if it's, I don't know if it's culture. I don't know if it's instinctive, but I would prefer my name. And it's not because I want my son to have my name and carry it on. I don't, I don't even think about it. It's just, it's, I just know it's there. I think that part of it is just the fact that, like, as a guy, it's never entered our mind ever. We're going to have to change our name when we get married. It's like, this is my name. It's going to be this way forever. I never, like, sat in seventh grade math class writing cursive names of the guys I liked or something. Yeah. Was I know happens for girls. <laughs> well, I want to go back to Austin for a second. You said, well, I'd like us to all have the same name. Would you be willing to take sure? Sugar's last name. You guys could all have the same last name. There's something there for me. I wouldn't say yes. Yeah, and like, I just don't know where it comes from, but I'm like, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, like, we've talked about this like a lot. And like, just what, what like is not being said is also the, um, there's, there's, he's been married twice before he's been married to me. And so he's, this is like a brand new relationship of really being open to creating it from scratch, from nothing. And then, I know my husband pretty well and like unless the opportunity's there right now, he just he doesn't know. So I encourage like the challenge, like I get turned on by challenges, they motivate me and same with him. So the opportunity when presents itself, you know we're gonna have a pretty badass conversation. You know what I mean? But to concern ourselves with that right now is just it's too hypothetical, you know? There's just too many different ways it could go. Why concern ourselves with that when we can focus on the thing we're creating right now and creating that right now? I also like to put in there, I, I read an article, like I think it was last year or something, Zoe Saldana got married mm-hmm. and her husband took her name. And I remember reading that article and I was like, wow, that guy is whipped. <laughs> 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 and, and like, honestly, like I hate to say it and it's totally bullshit to think like that in 2019, but I just, it's hard to like think about that as a guy for sure. Well. This is Malachi. I think um, doing whatever makes the most sense, like when Jada Pinkett added Smith on the end, it's like her name is her brand. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that in the past. That's like relatively new, like the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. So um, your name is very important to you and your business and your brand. So that's important to think. I, I don't really, thinking about it here, I never thought about this. I don't think I care what my kid's last name is. I kind of want it to be my last name because I have so many relatives and I don't want them to accidentally sleep with a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> logistical reason. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, All right, come on. but I mean, no, but for real, like, I, I really, it's just, just a name. It doesn't, it's not, I guess also too, it's, it's not even our name. It's the, like the slave name. 
you know, because so I don't even have an attachment to it. It doesn't feel like ours. So yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah. So I'm just kind of curious, like you said that there's something there, Ethan, you said that, Austin, you said that, and you don't know why. I'm just kind of want to have some kind of exploratory conversation sure. of why, because that's really what why we're asking this question. It's It seems totally normal to not want to, to want to pass on the male's name to your children. So like, why do you think that you have well, such a strong reaction? Let me to ask it? you this: Do you care if your name changes? Mm, I did. You, I oh, actually did. had because um, I'm an actor, so mm. I mm-hmm. had this attachment to my name, and I actually wasn't going to change my stage name, but I was going to change my name in my life. And I'm like, well, that's not authentic to like who I really am. Like, I am Katie Roberts now that I'm married and it was actually a conversation like a, an agreement not an agreement but something that I said to my parents that I wasn't going to change my name my public mm-hmm. name but I was going to change my private name and then I ended up changing it mm-hmm. so it actually was like a big conversation for me um, honestly my la- my original last name is Ross and now it's Roberts and then I, I like made up this story about like well it's not really changing that much like my, <laughs> my, like, my initials don't First change but say it was like <laughs> Something that was totally different from my name. I think I would have had a harder time. I think I would have kept my name, actually. Yeah. Mm. I think now, as you're talking, I'm seeing that as cultural. Because it, it, is, it is like, if, she ta- if I take her name, I'm not strong. I'm not manly. I'm not, something, something happened that wasn't supposed yeah. to happen. Like, like the society is going to judge you. Like kind of oh, totally. what Ethan will. just right said about um, Zoe Zaldana. Like, yeah. oh, like that guy's weak. Like his balls were cut off. Like there's something yeah. there, which, I mean, it's this, it's this layer of sh- shame, really, that. Right. It, 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 it kind of relates to our previous episode around, around monogamy. Mm-hmm. There's some sh- there's shame around it that's still there in the culture because I, I think if it was a natural thing it wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I think I think her sugar's point was good. Where right now I, I'm a no right now, but when we actually have the conversation, it's going to be to unpack what's there. So if for some reason one of us takes the other person's name, that person is complete with that choice and they're happy with that choice, and it's going to be something to work through. It sounds like it's going to be something to work through for either person. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. So, um, I think a lot of it also still ties into like this toxic masculinity bullshit where it's like, yeah, we're saying like balls got cut off. It's all about like, are you a wuss? Are you a pussy? Are you weak? It's like, why can't we have some weak dudes out there and we have some strong ass women? Like, so I, I think when it's all about like, oh, he's like being weak, it's like, well, why the fuck do you care? Like, leave him alone. Like, let him do his thing. Uh, it, it's still a lot of it, like, just playing into like am i living up to this expectation from this society of what a man is supposed to be i think you you have to be a little cautious of your polarity as masculine and feminine so in any, any relationship whether you're female male 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 female female there's going to be mm-hmm. a masculine and a feminine uh energy and it's there's a polarity there so I think if you if you're in a relationship and you don't you're not conscious of that polarity, you can get to the point where you're too close to together and that causes an issue. So like when you're when you're let's just say sexually you're with somebody, you're on two opposite ends of the polarity, there's a strong magnetism and a uh, sexual desire there. If you're too close to each other, if it's too um 
you know, either one side is too close to the middle, you're going to get disinterest and there's no connect, there's no strong magnetism there. So I think that's important to look at um, when you talk about masculine, feminine, not like it's not even male and female. It's that polarity you have to be responsible for. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, I know I'm pretty vulgar here, but I'm super submissive in the bedroom. Like I'm not a dom. Like I'm the worst dom. I'm like, fuck you, you asshole. That's not how you talk as a dom. You're way more discreet about it. And I'm very intense. Um, I have like a very masculine position and, and I work in business and marketing and, um, I have a, I'm pretty much feel my masculine energy throughout the day. Like I have to go masturbate in the middle of the day to like cut it and then go back into masculine energy. And so I really find, have been finding myself in the last six months since I, I did get promoted in my career and have been like really hustle mode that at the end of the day, I really want to be submissive. I really want to just feel the polarity of the energy. Um, it doesn't mean I'm like, this is my strong man. I'm just craving uh, um, an energy where I can sort of cuddle into, you know, and just uh, like let it go and not have to be fully in control. And usually sex happens in the evening. And so for me, it's such an amazing opportunity to relieve uh, all that built up energy from the day and the stress and fuck it out, you know? Therefore, I don't have that definitive position of, I'm going to take my husband's name. Because, yeah, I can be a total housewife, but I'm also 20 fucking 5 in 2019, and I'm not yeah, going to... But I'll tell you, like, why, why are we always making masculine and feminine about sex? And I think that if you really understand, yeah. and like, there's a great book to read, which is called The Ways of a Superior Man. There is a masculine and feminine that is in every situation. So, I mean, for example, like a lot of times the man would pay the bills or handle the money. I'll tell you, like both in my stepmother and my mother, they handled the money. So I grew up in a ton where women were leading the way. And it was interesting being a gay man. I'm like, well, you're saying that, well, I'm not as masculine or you know, uh, we always get this question, who's the, who's the girl in the relationship or who's the bottom or who's the female role? And it's like, oh, come on. And so I think that we're moving beyond that conversation of it just being about the polarity sexually. It's like, okay, every different situation, there's a masculine and a feminine. And who's more grounded, which is the masculine, the rooted piece, and then who is flowing, like the earth in the feminine, so that's or just my... even just to say that those things are like constant is very like black and white. Twenty yeah. years ago, like mm -hmm. there's masculine and feminine energies in different parts of the yeah, relationship, sure. and it goes back and forth. Yeah, if women were in charge four thousand years ago, then it, we would have been passing down the woman's name the whole time. Exactly. You know, it, was, it was just. Did you know that you can combine your two last names? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I I'm just met you. a couple. They sell uh, weed products, and they, <laughs> they, no, check this out. They, super chill. The, yeah, they they put their two last names together, and it turned out to be Rollers. So, oh, yeah. like, that's, like, their legit business that's name, and that's their legit last name now. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. right? Why can't we create, if we're going to create a baby together, why can't we create a name together? Why do you have to hold on to your daddy's daddy's name? Who cares? Create it together. Well, I ha well then, well, there's another oh. interesting situation. So, let's say you get married, you have a couple kids with somebody, and then you get divorced, right? You, you kept your husband's last name, I and have. I'm sure your daughters have... 
Well, my actually, my older daughter, okay. who's an actress, changed her last changed name it. to my mother's maiden name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So, so then, then, so like, there's a funny situation with um, my old partner, <laughs> his ex-wife. Her new husband has a really unfortunate last name. His last name is Cockshot. What? <laughs> Just why? And you know? she didn't. She didn't want to take his name. And her argument was like, "I want to have the same last name as my kids." And her her husband was not having it. He made he like made her change her name, and she like really it was like a big deal. Like, what do you do? And that's like, but I do kind of understand like. I would, in that situation, I think I, too, would want to have the same last name as my kids. It's, like, weird to have a different name than your last kids. It's, like, who do you honor, your kids or your new husband? It's, like, kind of a tricky situation. It's it's all back to the name again. Yeah. It's, like. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, who's a better name? Thank you so much again for Billy from the Manhor Podcast for coming in. Again, for our Clitorati, where can they find you? Where they can find your podcast? Uh, I plugged the Twitter last time, so let's do the Instagram. Uh, I am on Instagram at Billy is Procida, P-R-O-C-I-D-A. Uh, and you can find the Man Whore Podcast wherever you listen to uh, you know, this show. Uh, just search Man Whore and I pop right on up. Well, this was definitely a really, I think, interesting conversation. Thank, thank you guys all for being Very. so candid and coming in and really just laying it all out on the lines. It, it's um, it was definitely fast. I thought this was really one of the most fascinating conversations we ever had. So, um, Clitter- oh, I just want to say it's great to have like a group of men talking about these things because I do think dudes gotta be able to talk to each other about this stuff without the fear of getting called a pussy. And, and, like I like I, I do group therapy and it's just men in their twenties and it is relieving to hear dudes being vulnerable and talking about things and not playing in the stereotypes for fear of what other people are going to say. So I really appreciate this talk in particular, just so we could have these voices out there. Um, yeah, it was really great guys. And, and the ladies who are here to facilitate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's a big experience we have too with this podcast. Cause that's definitely there for women as well. So thanks to all the men and women and everyone on the gender rainbow for being here, listening, having these really honest, candid conversations. Um, and as, as always, Clitorati, we will see you next Tuesday. Woo! All right! Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, it's very much appreciated and thank you.